Hi guys, welcome to episode 17 of the Ask Zophie podcast. So I'm still on my five day detox, it's day five. For those of you who listened to the last episode, I mentioned it, um, which same as last episode, my tummy might make a sound during this or sounds. Once I was recording in a studio recording a meditation and my tummy made a sound and I swear to God, it it didn't sound human. It was like some sort of alien or alien baby was trying to escape (laughs) from my tummy. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen or fingers crossed it does. I don't know because it might be funny. Um, Another short aside before I get into the question I'm going to answer today. I will get to it, I promise. Um... I I think I might have heard this term before, but forgot it. And I was listening to someone else's podcast yesterday and she used the term brain fart, which I thought was really funny. And, you know, it's that thing that happens where you just can't remember something really simple. And for those of you who do a job like me, if you've ever had that happen when you're like giving a talk or something, oh, that's not fun. I was watching America's Got Talent with my children And this comedian just totally bombed. And I was like, oh, that feeling of just being the center of attention and messing up or forgetting or having a brain fart is not cool. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Today, I'm really happy to answer a question on the topic of sleep. Uh, If you know me, if you've worked with me, uh, you'll likely know that it is something, and in fact, I was talking about it in last week's podcast episode, it's something that I bang on about all the freaking time. And the reason is because I am all about results. I'm all about helping people feel better. I'm all about helping people live life on their terms with well-being, physical and mental and sleep is such a key component. And again, I'm, you know, probably reiterating what I talked about last week. I've worked with lots and lots of children over the years. And it's really obvious in children when they're lacking sleep. And the the side effects of not getting enough can be huge. So yeah, I'm really happy to talk about this. I sometimes jokingly call myself sleep Nazi with my children because there's very little I'm strict on with them. Manners is one thing and the other is is sleep because I want them to be happy and rested and joyful and enjoy their lives. So okay, Uh, yeah, this question today comes from a lovely lady who is one of my Instagram followers and she posted this uh, when I put up a Q&A box in my in in stories and <laughs> obviously she is not the only one to have challenges with sleep. I've worked with many many clients across the 15 years I've been doing my job and successfully helped them overcome sleep challenges. It's a really common issue. So what she says very simply was, I can't sleep until around 2 or 3am. Any tips? And yes, of course, I do. I have many tips. And let me firstly say, 
as I just sort of touched upon, I have worked successfully with lots of clients who've come to me with all sorts of sleep issues. Sometimes it's like this lady, they can't get to sleep. Other times they get to sleep, but then they wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes they might be having nightmares. And actually some people sleep too long because it's not just how much sleep you're getting. It's it's the quality of sleep. So when we get too much sleep, we might be doing too much of what's called REM sleep. But anyway, I won't go too deep, too deeply into that. But suffice to say, these things work. Like I always say about anxiety, no one need suffer from this. It's the same with sleep issues. And I know some of you listening who have been challenged with this will be like, what? Like I remember when I first went to see someone who did a job similar to what I do now, with my anxiety, I couldn't believe that she could help me. It was just like, I, no, I just don't understand this. But once I began to understand the nature of it and about the cause and effect, and like I do now, it's really clear. There is this cause and effect with anxiety. Same with sleep. I promise you, we all have the capacity to sleep well when the building blocks of success are in place. Same with anxiety, same with our physical well-being, same with sleep. And so I would invite you, if you're someone listening to this who who has sleep issues or has a tendency to fall into sleep problems when you get too busy or stressed or whatever, have an open mind about this because the, the mind or one's ego doesn't want us to grow. It, it kind of overcomplicates things and questions things because it weaves this sort of web that appears to be this intelligence, but really it's just keeping us stuck because it, it imagines that through us not growing, we stay safe. So please kind of trust me or not, you know, I would like for you if you have this challenge to trust me because then you can lean into overcoming it. Um, but I've worked with lots of clients with this issue and helped them sort it. And your own fear might tell you, oh yeah, but you're the exception to the rule. Everyone's fear tells them something like that. It's just a means of thwarting you. So I'd invite you to listen with an open mind and a kind of hopeful demeanor and just think about whether or not these things can be helpful for you. Okay, so the first thing I want to say, uh, it reminds me a bit of one of the questions I answered a few weeks back uh, about plucking up courage to leave work, where I actually said I'd reframe the question. So the question or kind of statement from this lady is, I can't sleep up until around 2 or 3 a.m. Any tips? And the first thing I would say is that narrative of I can't sleep or in this case I can't sleep until around 2 or 3 a.m. Now of course the reason why we pick up these stories in our minds and start telling them isn't just out of nowhere but what happens is when we start telling this story we then begin to program ourselves for I can't sleep and it's like a computer you know if you put a program into it it's going to respond to that program our brains, our subconscious, our minds are exactly the same. I worked with a little girl once years ago who would have this and it's really common. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And she was say seven. I can't remember. And I said, right, okay, let's work out how many days you've been alive. And so we times seven point whatever it was by three, six, five. And I don't know what that came out as a bunch of thousand, I suppose, days. And I said, has there ever been 
a night when you haven't slept that you can remember? No. I was like, okay, so let's just consider this. You have slept every night of your life and that's been this many thousand times. It's not true. (laughs) It's really not true that you can't sleep. And telling yourself this, one, it's BS. And two, it's making it much more difficult for you to sleep. So, of course, the mind will want to prove itself and say, yes, but there's evidence that I can't sleep or I can't sleep until 2 or 3 a.m. in this case. But the fact of the matter is, when you keep regurgitating that narrative, that story, it perpetuates it. And you can't begin to go beyond it until you drop that story. So... The challenge with beliefs is that they act as self-fulfilling prophecies. You you can't, like I say, go beyond, extend, grow further than that belief. So that's the first thing I would say. I would begin to lean away from that belief and soften it. Um, So, for example, you're probably not going to be able to go to the belief of, I can sleep fine because your mind's going to go, no, I can't and give give you all the evidence to the contrary. But you could at least soften that by saying, I can't sleep when the conditions are wrong. When the conditions are wrong, I can't sleep. That's truer and more positive. So I've talked about this before in a previous episode where I said, the term I use is say it better, like soften your language because your language, the the narrative you have, the stories you tell are going to create your reality. They're really, really key. This This can sound really picky, but it's so important and I promise you it makes all the difference. And the truth is that when the conditions are right, you will sleep. So you could even shift it to that. I can sleep when the conditions are right and maybe even start looking for times when you can. In a first consultation with a client, I would always say to them, I would ask them for exceptions. You know, say they say I'm depressed. Okay, Uh, we talk about that. Tell me when you last felt happy. Tell me when you feel slightly happier. And they'll say, okay, well, when I go to uh, play tennis on a Wednesday, my mood is lifted. So it's getting them to see that there are exceptions. When we become emotional and negative about things, we'll say things like, I can't sleep, I never sleep, no one likes me, everyone's horrible to me. And we discount anything that is contrary to that. Okay, so that's the first thing I would say is soften that, say it better, lean into saying it in, in a more helpful manner. Okay, the second thing I want to say is in every single case, when we're not getting to sleep, there's one of two things happening or both of them at the same time. The first is either that we are just doing, quote unquote, too much. And too much will vary depending on the person. I say this a lot. Someone who, for example, is more extrovert, just different personality type, will be able to contend with more activity. So too much for you. For example, years ago, I worked with a guy who had his own courier company. And he would get up super early, he'd go into the office, he was really on it, he would start vacuuming, <laughs> like seven in the morning, cleaning up. Then in the world, you know, the courier world, obviously, it's it's very time pressing, it's all sort of urgent and busy. He would just be go, 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 kind of through the whole day. And didn't really give himself time to unwind. And by the time it was bedtime, his brain was so kind of frazzled that he couldn't just suddenly switch off and go to sleep. So that's the first thing. 
even small breaks, even like things like some of these won't be practical, but everyone has a different life and it's working out what works for you. It might be taking a break to do a meditation. It might be just getting up from your desk and making a cup of tea. It might be taking a nap. It might be having a lunch break. But I remember years ago, I watched Top Gear and there was this plane that flew. uh, I, I don't know. It was really powerful and flew really fast, basically. And once it had landed, it just took, I think it was something like, something crazy like six days to cool down because it had gone so fast and was so powerful. And like if you were to drive your car, you know, hundreds of miles and get out, it's not going to cool down straight away. Our brains are like this. So we have these natural rhythms and cycles in our body. And when we override those completely by not taking any breaks, what happens is the part of our brain that is much more primitive starts to think, oh, we're in danger here. And if you reach that point, it doesn't want to let you fall asleep because if you're about to be eaten by something and you fell asleep, you'd be dead, right? So that part of your brain needs to understand that you're safe. You might know this logically. The guy from the courier company knew his life wasn't in danger, but his primitive brain didn't get that message. So just a term I use a lot is leaning into, lean into a bit more downtime, a few more breaks so that your brain doesn't get so revved up that it's impractical and and impossible for it to come down, so to speak, when you get into bed. So the other thing that, that is always happening, or one of these two, or like I say both, is an excess of negative thinking. Okay, negative thinking, I can't go into all of it in this episode, but there are many different forms, it comes in many different guises, worry, guilt, putting pressure on yourself, trying to figure stuff out, comparison, arguing with reality, judging. There are lots of different forms. It's all this kind of murky, messy, either negative or resistant thoughts in the mind. They're not positive thoughts. They're not thoughts that bring about a sense of uh, love or ease or peace. They're not soothing, reassuring thoughts. So when we have too many of these, what that also does is says to that same primitive part of the brain, I'm in danger here. And for the reasons I was saying before, if your primitive brain thinks you're in danger, it won't let you get to sleep. So anytime I work with a client who struggles to get off to sleep, I know that there's one or both of these things going on. So of course, the way to fix it is lean into more downtime and put your foot down with those negative thoughts. If you want me to do an episode specifically on the second part of that, let me know and I can go into more detail on that. Main thing to know is like with a baby, okay, if a baby is like not too hot or too cold, their tummy is full, they haven't been overstimulated, they feel safe and so on and so forth, it's natural for them to sleep. When a baby's not sleeping, it's invariably because they have some digestive issues or they have been overstimulated, they're not warm enough or whatever it might be. We're all like those little babies. Once the conditions are right, it's natural to sleep. We get way hung up on the sleep thing and we forget, are we creating the right conditions? We get way caught up on the effect, like the output, and we're not focused enough on the cause, the input. When we shift our focus to the cause, to the input, then the effect and the output will naturally improve. 
this is exactly the same as with um, dieting or healthy eating. Like we all know that if you want to be healthy and be a certain size and shape, you need to eat a certain way and move your body in a certain way. And what we tend to do, like say you're going, you're going on a healthy eating regime and fitness regime or whatever. We, and I don't know, you're out of shape and overweight and so on and so forth. We'll like eat salads for a day or two days and get on the scales, try on our clothes, whatever it might be and go, oh, well, nothing's changed. This isn't working. And so the effect distracts us from the cause. The output distracts us from the input and then we give up. But of course, if you keep on keeping on, if you do the healthy eating you exercise and so on and so forth, your body is going to respond. It's just not going to respond in a beat. It's exactly the same with sleep. You're not necessarily going to make those changes on a Wednesday and sleep like a baby Wednesday night. But if you make the changes to your mindset, to your energy, in other words, how you feel about things, then the shifts will 100% happen. But the key is to not get distracted in the meantime. And so kind of following on from that, I want to talk about the fact that it's really not so much what you do in respect of this and in life in general that matters. It's more why you're doing it, how you feel as you do it, and what your intention is. So what you'll find, and you'll recognize this if you're someone who struggles with sleep, is that people with sleep issues tend to be the same people who they have a special sleep spray for their pillow. They always put relaxing oils in the bath. They go to bed earlier. They leave their phone out of the room. They don't go on their screens for an hour before bed and so on. And, so, you know, they've got a special sleep mask and so on and so forth. So they've created this whole routine of quote unquote good stuff. But why are they doing it? They're doing it because they believe they can't sleep and because they need it. And so actually, even though they're doing healthy things, because it's all born of fear and tension, it actually just perpetuates it. Like I don't typically struggle with sleep. I have done when I was really anxious. I was one of the people that would normally get to sleep okay, but then I would wake up in the middle of the night and I still have that propensity. You know, it still happens from time to time. But generally, because I keep on top of my anxiety levels because of all the stuff I know and I practice what I preach, this doesn't happen. Now, I do many things that sleep experts would probably tell you not to do. Like I sleep with my phone by my bed. I listen to my meditation before I go to sleep. So my phone is there. Uh, I don't have any rules about when I come off my screen. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't do any of the other probably sleep hygiene things apart from meditate that people would suggest. But because I don't have this belief that I can't sleep and I'm not stressed about it and I look after my cause, I sleep fine. So the point is this, it's not so much doing all those right things. It's sorting out your mindset and how you feel. And then you might still decide that you're going to put oils in the bath or have a, um, a pillow spray, but you're not doing it because you feel like you need to. Now, there's something in psychology called the law of reversed effect, which basically states the harder you try, the harder it becomes. And I don't think this is more true related to anything other than sleep. Like we've all had those nights. And if you're someone who is what you would call an insomniac, then you'll definitely relate to this. We're like, oh, my God, 
I really need to get to sleep. And of course, the harder you try, the harder it becomes. Like when I do group relaxation sessions, I always say at the start, you know, it doesn't matter whether you relax or not. you're going to benefit anyway be easy about this be easy about this because of course if people came in and I said lie down close your eyes we've only got half an hour this is really (laughs) this is really important you've got to make the most out of this their stress levels are going to start to go up so it's going to be completely counterproductive so of course if it is the night before I don't know a job interview or a a busy day, you're naturally going to want to have a good night's sleep, but you don't want that to work against you. So what you can do about this is just, the term I use a lot is talk yourself back from the ledge. So say for example, you've got a busy week, you've had a busy week too, and so you're a little bit frazzled, you feel like, I really need to get a good night's sleep tonight. (laughs) Um, that's where you are. You can't, you, you, you feel like you really need to get a good night's sleep. You can't lie to yourself. That's where you are. So you want to start talking yourself around and say, well, look, I'd like to get a good night's sleep. Of course I would, but I don't want to get stressed about it. And if I don't, I can catch up tomorrow or I can catch up the next day. So you don't obviously have to use these words exactly, but what you want to do is just learn to be soothing to yourself create the conditions that are conducive to you sleeping well and the sleep will come naturally. The other thing actually that I didn't say that I wanted to mention is as much as you're able to avoid the topic of sleep, of course people are going to talk about it, people are maybe going to ask you about it if you're used to talking about it, you're going to see programs on it, whatever, that's fine. But as much as you're able to stay off topic because as soon as you pick up that topic, you're going to feel stressed, you're going to naturally pick it up where you're used to picking it up, which is I can't sleep. I've got issues around sleeping. It's going to perpetuate that. So a rule of thumb is stay off topic as much as you can. And just remember to keep focused, focused on your input, focused on the cause, focused on creating the right conditions and the sleep will follow just like, pardon the sort of um, pun if that's an appropriate term right now, but night, just as night follows day, your sleep will follow you shifting your thought processes and how you feel. So just coming back to the law of reversed effect thing, uh, I was listening to a podcast episode the other day and a doctor was on it and he said, if you haven't fallen asleep after 20 minutes, you should get up and go do something else. And that's not bad advice, um, but I would just tweak it and say the point of that is you don't want to lie there getting stressed, okay? So for each person the advice I would I would tailor it to that person like if it was me personally and I wasn't getting to sleep I wouldn't get up and do something else because I don't like the thought of that at like 12 o'clock at night or whatever it might be um I I might put the tv on or read something or do something else in bed but what he what he was talking about really is don't get into this law of reversed effect situation where you're trying more and you're getting more stressed because that's not conducive to sleep. So if you feel this is happening, you could uh, read or or do something else. But the main thing is you it's not wrong or right to get up and do something else. But it's just thinking about the rules of the game and how are you going to me- how are you going to best make use of them for you. I remember I did a talk, uh, must be a few years ago now, and in the group there was a lady who had challenges with sleep and she'd also said that she didn't have time to meditate. 
And she was interesting, actually, because she was really quite sceptical. And then towards the end, or maybe it was at the end in question time, I can't remember, she was like, could I meditate when I'm up in the night? (laughs) And I was like, well, hell yes, of course you can. Which brings me to my final point, which is if I have one of those nights where I'm not sleeping, my take, and I'm not saying do exactly this, but again, this is about giving you guidance and ideas to come up with what works for you. But I would listen to one of my meditations maybe a couple of times. Um, I would listen to like some Eckhart Tolle stuff or maybe for me it'd be A Course in Miracles. It of course is bonkers to say I can't sleep at night but I don't have time to meditate. Yeah, do that (laughs) when you're awake. So at least make some use of that time. So it's like if you're lying in your bed and you're not sleeping, at least if you're meditating, you're still in this really helpful, restorative state. Um, And then as you're not like, oh, God, I can't sleep. You're just making peace with it. This helps to lean you into that state that is conducive to you sleeping. And before I finish, I just want to share an Eckhart Tolle quote that really speaks to this, which is what you accept, you go beyond. Okay, so this isn't the whole, oh, I wish I could sleep. I really need to sleep. That's pushing against. When we lean into, I am where I am. This is what it is. Uh, I can always make up for this. It's all going to be okay. What I accept, I go beyond. What you accept, you go beyond. Once you lean into that more peaceful state, the mind goes crazy at the idea of this, but it's true. When, like Jung said, what you resist persists. Once you make peace with it, it, you start to invoke the wisdom that will enable you to get over it. Now, your own brain will come up with solutions that are particularly pertinent for you based on this stuff I've told you and other wisdom that you've heard. The ego will discount things and say, well, that won't work for me or I can't do that. You don't want to be in that place because that will keep you stuck. You want to tune into your wisdom and say, well, how can I make use of this? How can I make this work for me? That reminds me of one of my favorite mantras. I will make this work for me. So I've given you a little bit of an insight into how this works. I want to remind you that this isn't something you need to struggle with, I promise you. That's not taking away from the fact that you have or you or you are, if that is your situation right now. But there are tools and practices that can help you. But also, 100%, if you're listening to this and you do struggle with sleep and you don't meditate, give it a go. You can grab my free one from the website. There's a few of mine are free on Insight Timer. There's loads of free ones on the free app, Insight Timer. Um Obviously, you're welcome to sign up and join my membership, but um, there are lots of other options. So this is fixable is what I would say. Focus on the cause and the effect will take care of itself. Okay, I really hope that helps. Um, If you've got any questions, you want me to cover anything in more detail, because obviously these podcast episodes are relatively short, then please let me know. Thank you so much for listening. I will, of course, be back next week with another podcast episode and I will speak to you then. Lots of love. Bye, guys.